Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There's only one name that can bring true peace to troubled hearts and minds. Now, at first glance, this name, which alone holds hope, seems completely out of keeping with our modern ideals and ambitions of, of the world around us. Because this name represents earthly poverty, while we, so many in our world, crave earthly wealth and riches. This name emphasizes purity and chastity, while the world pursues lust and licentiousness. This name urges humility, while our age applauds pride. This name pleads for peace, while the nations of our world engage in war. This name is eternal, unchanging. In hundreds of languages around the world, this name is adored by people who, who differ widely in nationality and ethnicity. This is the holy name given to the baby of Bethlehem soon after his birth, the name of Jesus. Today we focus on the saving name of Jesus, at which the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth when Jesus returns on the last day. There's a glorious history behind this glorious name. It was sent by God himself from heaven through his messenger, an angel which, which is a, a messenger of God, first told Mary that this is the name that her miraculous son would be called. And then an angel later told Joseph to give this miraculous baby boy the name Jesus after he was born. We read today from Matthew chapter 1 that we see the, the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. Now let's focus on Joseph a little bit. We don't know a whole lot about Joseph from the Bible. Uh, Joseph, who, of course, there are several people in the Bible named Joseph, this particular one, of course, the one who became Jesus' foster father. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a righteous man. He was someone who trusted in God, who trusted especially in God's promise to send the Savior of the world. And therefore, in thanksgiving for God's promised salvation, Joseph lived his life out of reverent respect for God, seeking to follow God's will in, in everything that he did in his life. And although Joseph was not the natural father, not the biological father of Jesus, God sent angels to speak to Joseph as Joseph was the person that God was entrusting to be responsible for the care and safety of God's own son, Jesus, and of the mother of Jesus, Mary, who was Joseph's fiancée. But Joseph was not only to be a material provider and physical guardian of Jesus and Mary, but God also entrusted Joseph to be the spiritual leader of his family. And we see that in practice as Joseph takes that responsibility seriously by following the, the commands and the instructions that God had given to his people. So we see Joseph, together with Mary, brought Jesus to be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth, as God commanded in the Old Testament. And then Joseph, together with Mary, brought Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to be dedicated to the Lord 40 days after Jesus' birth. 
as God had commanded in the Old Testament. And later on in Luke chapter 2, we see that every year, Joseph brought his wife Mary and his son Jesus and eventually their other children with them together to Jerusalem, to the temple, to celebrate the Passover festival as God had instructed his people in the Old Testament. And so fathers today should also take notice of Joseph's example. That God, and understand that God has ordained us as the heads of our households, not merely as breadwinners, but especially as spiritual leaders in our family, having been called by God to bring up our children, as God writes through his apostle in Ephesians chapter 6, in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, of course, a Christian husband and wife will carry out that responsibility together, but God specifically, in Ephesians chapter 6, entrusts this responsibility of spiritual leadership to fathers in the household. We note Joseph's obedience to the angel's instructions. Joseph, who had been planning to to privately divorce Mary, assuming that she had been unfaithful to him, now he abandoned that previous plan, and instead he followed the angel's instructions. We read in verses 24 and 25, He took Mary home as his wife, but he was not intimate with her until she gave birth. And then we see Again, following the angel's instructions at the end of verse 25, after the baby was born, he named him Jesus. We see that whenever the Bible records that Joseph was given divine instruction from God through God's messenger, angel, it says that Joseph followed that instruction faithfully. The angel explained to Joseph the mystery of the virgin birth, and Joseph believed it. And later on, we read that an angel came again, sent by God, to warn Joseph to flee from the the murderous jealousy of King Herod, which led to the slaughter of many innocent baby boys in Bethlehem. Unhesitatingly, Joseph got up at night and took Mary and the young child Jesus and started out on that long journey to Egypt to safety. Back to the name of Jesus, it doesn't take much convincing for us to to understand why the name of Jesus is so important. Even non-Christians recognize the importance of Jesus in world history. That's why in spite of recent attempts to change the convention by which the eras of world history are are, uh, referred to and recognized, still all of human history is divided into eras before and after Jesus, B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of the Lord. Jesus is the most important person in all of the world's history. And as we look at the New Testament, if you go through and and count up all of the instances of the name Jesus, you'll find that the name Jesus occurs more than 600 times in the New Testament. And while throughout the whole Bible there are some 200 different titles or or names used to refer to Jesus, Jesus is his real name. Jesus was his name at, at the beginning of his earthly life, from the very moment of his conception when the angel announced his conception to Mary, and, and from the time of his birth when that name was officially given to him. And Jesus was his name also at the very end of his earthly life, when the Roman governor Pontius Pilate had the name Jesus of Nazareth 
inscribed on that placard that was hung above Jesus' head on the cross. Jesus is his name used at the very beginning of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1 and also used at the very end of the New Testament in Revelation chapter 22. Whether that name is spoken in English or, or any other one of the hundreds of languages in which people worship Jesus as Savior today, that name of Jesus should be on every believer's lips. But we also see something rather interesting, that Jesus is not the only person who has been given that name, even in the Bible. The Hebrew form of the name Jesus, Yeshua, was also given to the successor of Moses in the Old Testament, Joshua, and to many other people uh, who went by that name Joshua in the Old Testament. And so there's also a lesson here for us as well, and that's that Jesus so completely became a true human being that he took a name that was common among people of his time and, and of the centuries before his time. So again, emphasizing that he became like us in every way except without sin. And in his complete humanity, he intimately knows our, our weaknesses, our sorrows, and our sufferings. He understands our temptations because, as the book of Hebrews says, he himself was tempted in every way just as we are, yet again, without sin. And so he is able to sympathize with us in every need, every struggle, every temptation, every weakness that we face in life. As we just mentioned, that name Jesus is a form of the, the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means the Lord saves. So Jesus, we see, is both our God and our Savior, our Redeemer. Every time you hear the name of Jesus, you should think about God's promise of salvation through him. Whether you call him master or teacher or leader, always come back to this, his real name. Let that be the name that you repeat and love and cherish. Jesus, Savior. There are other masters and teachers and leaders in this world, but there's only one Jesus, only one Savior. When the angel announced that name to Joseph, he, the angel right away explained the significance of this name with the promise he will save his people from their sins. In other words, Jesus is called Savior because he is himself, in absolute truth, the world's only Savior. Jesus is the name above all other names because the deliverance, the salvation that he brings is the highest, deepest, and widest expression of love that God himself has ever showed to people. Our Heavenly Father doesn't simply just wink and nod at, at the sins that we commit, at, at our transgressions of his law, as an indulgent parent might be amused at, at a baby's mistake. God doesn't simply overlook or, or disregard our transgressions, as a, a kindly teacher might overlook the mistakes that a, a young student makes. God doesn't just forget about our iniquities, ignoring them, as, as God calls Christians to forgive and forget each other's sins and failings. No, God is so holy, just, and perfect that every transgression of his law must be punished as he threatened it would be punished. And yet, while God hates sin, 
and demands full penalty for every instance that breaks his law. Yet he loves his fallen children with such devotion that he sent his own son to become the sinner's substitute, to become the universal ransom for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus means completed salvation. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and then bowed his head, about to voluntarily give up his life, he cried out, It is finished! Indicating that he left nothing undone for our salvation. Our deliverance has been definitely accomplished now and forever. Jesus also means free salvation. Even if you had all the money in the world, you would still not have enough money to purchase forgiveness for one single sin. This cleansing of our souls is instead offered freely through Jesus' heavenly mercy. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So today, may God's Holy Spirit help you to realize that simply by faith, you can have pardon without money, blessing without payment, and access to the throne of God's grace and mercy without any human intermediary necessary. Jesus means universal salvation, universal justification, we should say. That the sins of everyone in the world, of all ages of history, have already been fully paid for. That salvation is free for all through faith in Jesus as Savior. When Jesus was born, which God tells us in Galatians chapter 4, was when the set time had fully come, after long centuries of expectation and waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled, finally, liberation from sin was promised to the whole human race. And so we recall that favorite passage, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus means our only salvation. God's word declares with his divine authority in Acts chapter 4, there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Jesus is the one and only way from earth to blessed eternity in heaven. And Jesus means comforting salvation. If you're familiar with the, the story of John Newton, the composer of the favorite hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, you'll immediately understand what he wanted to be written on his tombstone. It said this, John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and a libertine, a servant of slavers in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. In spite of his work in the slave trade, which he later so deeply regretted and was ashamed of, he looked to Jesus 
and found the comfort that made him write not only Amazing Grace, but also dozens of other hymns celebrating God's full and undeserved love and mercy, including the hymn related to our topic today, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds in a Believer's Ear. Hymn number 358 in our hymnal, if you want to look it up later. Jesus means unchanging salvation. The names of people, even the greatest people, are very quickly forgotten. If you've tried to trace your family history, uh, you know that once you go back perhaps a few generations, it gets pretty hard to fill out all those branches of your family tree, unless your ancestors kept very careful records. Yet as long as you look to the Savior, you will never forget his name or his mercies to you. They will be renewed to you every morning in such an impressive way that you will daily grow in his grace. Jesus means sure salvation. There's no guesswork about his gospel, the good news of his love and forgiveness. His mercies have been proved in millions of human hearts. His power, century after century, has changed people's lives and gives them calm, even in the midst of the chaos and turbulence of this world's strife. The longer and the more intently you look to Jesus and immerse yourself in his word, the more clear your conviction grows that he is what his name implies. Salvation, deliverance, atonement, redemption, pardon. For all the world and especially for you. What then does this name that is above all other names mean to us? Well, in taking a spiritual inventory, we remember certainly our own grievous weaknesses, our, even the smallest of our mistrusts and doubts of God's word, our occasional misuse of our Savior's name, our sometimes hesitance to spread the good news of his name and his salvation to other people. In short, our many repeated sins throughout our lives. In deep humility, we approach the Lord to plead for his mercy instead of his justice. And blessed Savior that he is, he assures us that no matter how marred and spotted and stained each of our daily entries into his record book may be, yet the judgment against us has been blotted out. All of our sins have been wiped out from that record book. His precious name proves the truth that he will save his people from their sins. Through faith, you too are one of his people whom he saves, inseparably and eternally. So accept the name of Jesus as the pledge of your own salvation. Defend that name of Jesus whenever it is attacked. Make that name of Jesus the center of your prayers. In these last days, as we approach the festival of our Savior's birth in the flesh, Proclaim this saving name of Jesus to everyone that you can. Through faith in the saving name of Jesus, we have assurance that in God's own good time, we will enter eternal glory at his side in heaven. Amen.